Whether you have a skin interest, a skin query, a skin trauma, or skin disease, I warmly welcome you to Heal Thy Skin, a podcast brought to you by Derm Health Co. I'm Marnie, dermal clinician, dermoscopist, and your podcast host. Skin is deeper than beauty, and our mission is to build the largest platform of specialized practitioners focused on skin health and skin empowerment. Join me each week where we go deep into the skin and beyond to hear stories and education from leading practitioners on a journey of skin health. Hello, welcome to the Heal Thy Skin podcast. I'm Marnie, your host, and today I'm speaking with Isabella Fernandez, a model and self-love activist. You may be familiar with Isabella from the Behind the Scars photography campaign of Sophie Mayen. You see, Isabella acquired burn scars in a house fire when her shirt caught fire. And since then, she has been campaigning and aiming to celebrate scars of all shapes and sizes and the incredible stories behind them. While juggling her work and her studies, Isabella hopes to normalize disabilities and visible differences through modeling. I first started by asking Isabella what she thought was the biggest misconception about burn scars. I think there's perhaps not quite an awareness of how long-lasting burn injuries are and that they're sort of affecting your life long after the incident with physio and having to take care of your scars and I guess from an incident that can sort of happen very quickly. It's the sort of aftercare that is maybe perhaps quite difficult. And perhaps something that's not often spoken about either, that long treatment regime after a burn injury. Yeah, I think so. And I think also from my injury, I mean, I guess it's partly my own ignorance, but I really had no idea about the steps that were taken through physio and that I would go through in terms of moving and sport, but also gels and treatment. And it's not something that I particularly was aware of before. And I don't think other people are and that um, a burn injury really is for life. Yeah. So Isabella, tell us about your story. So I was in an accident in my teenage years. I was kicking and wearing a shirt that wasn't properly non-flammable, which unfortunately caught fire. And I was very lucky to receive treatment at the Chelsea and Westminster burn unit. But I sustained burn injuries to the right side of my body, and it's mainly on my torso. And from that, I went through a number of surgeries, including skin grafts, which have left me with further scarring on my leg and back but which were sort of essential and life-saving surgeries that I'm very grateful for. So it's been about five and a bit years since my burn accident which feels like quite a long time now. So yeah that you must look back at that time and just think that it feels like a lifetime ago. So much has happened in your life since then and I'd really love to hear about that a little bit later in the episode. But one thing that I noticed when you said there's this misconception about burn injury and all these steps, the treatment plans and the different creams and the different treatment ointments and things that are used isn't really explained and you weren't aware of it. Was that explained clearly early on after you experienced your burn injury or was that something that just kind of happened and you were like, oh, okay, this is happening next? Or was there someone that kind of guided you along and and explained that process? 
I think just because of the nature of my burn injury, it was sort of was a bit step by step in going through the kind of initial surgeries and being on a hospital ward. And I think it would have been very overwhelming at first to sort of had it all explained, or I guess get a five year plan or even just a plan for the next few months. But the surgical team that I was placed with worked very closely in conjunction with everyone from the nutritionist to the psychologist and the physios. So because it was such a cohesive team, I did feel that every sort of step was guided. And from quite early on, I've had the same main plastic surgeon and the same physio on my case, which I think by having the same team, there sort of feels that there's a personal level and they're sort of there to help and guide you through it. But obviously everyone on the team is very professional and great at their jobs. But I think for myself, having that regular contact was very reassuring. And also knowing that each sort of section of care was being overlooked by the same unit. I think it's sort of reassuring because nothing falls through the gaps. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I can imagine it gave this level of stability as well when you didn't know how your life was changing, but there was this kind of constant that would have been quite reassuring. So for those that don't know about that treatment journey after a burn injury, what is the actual process? Are you able to just step us through some of the things that you went through and some of the types of treatments that what it looked like and the time that it took for each kind of process as well? Sure. Well, I can't speak for kind of every burnt injury, but just from my own experience. So I received skin grafts because of the level of thickness that my burns were, which I guess also was very new to me. And that whole process was explained and I'd never really even heard of it before. And the aftercare after that was in bandages for quite a while and also because my burn injury was sustained around my armpit and around sort of a moving joint um it was then cast and so I sort of had my arm held up in a right angle uh, for a very long time but I felt very cared for the team completely knew what they were doing especially because it was a burns focused team so from those initial skin grafts they took very well which I was very fortunate and I think part of that was because I was quite young as well and relatively healthy so very fortunate in that terms and then from that got it was quite a long time ago thinking through it step by step but from that my main concern was movement particularly as it was around my arm and armpit and that well it's important to anyone but it was very important for me to regain full movement so I went through physio for quite a while and I was actually part of a group physio session as well which motivated me I think it was reassuring to know that it's not just you who's going through these kind of things and that they were very simple arm exercises but I was very happy like lifting my arm to 90 degrees lifting my arm above my head and it's odd how very small things can seem like such big moments but those moments like do really stick with you and even if they're painful and you're crying it I think being told that you may not be able to do something or you may not be able to move perhaps in the same way that you did before is quite 
difficult to comprehend so and I also don't mean like told what to do so the fact that I could it was yeah quite a big moment for me and someone actually in my burn group he used to come dressed in camo and he had a little sweat headband and I just always found that so funny because the exercises we were doing were very small lifts and small stretches but felt felt like an extreme sport I guess <laughs> yeah and taking it seriously I love that like yeah. He's on a mission. He's on a mission. And it certainly sounds like with your tenacity that you were certainly on a mission as well to prove them wrong, to prove yourself wrong and mm-hmm. to be able to get that full range of motion. What was, was it like, like coming home, Isabella? I think hospital wards are such an unusual space. And I mean, even to spend any time on them is very it's very strange to be in sort of a sterile, clean environment where you have a team of people who are looking after you. And um, particularly as I was 17 at the time, so not that it would be really much more different as an adult, but it was just a completely new experience. My mum was an absolute rock through my time. Um, So coming home, she was very supportive. And also the kitchen where I'd had my instant was redone while I was in the hospital. So in a way coming home, it felt like a, a new, but also safe environment. And I'd had my mum supporting me at home and the surgical team um, at the Burns unit. Um, and initially there was quite a lot of going back and forth with dressing changes and then eventually for physio appointments. But yeah, it was a transition. And I was also at boarding school at the time. So it was sort of a step to come back from the hospital and then a step to, in going to back to school and feeling supported with that. Yeah, well, how far away was your boarding school from your, I guess, your normal like living life? Was it a challenge to all of a sudden be away from everything that was so stable and so, I guess, familiar in that short time period? I think my boarding school was about 40 minutes from home so it's not too far and because I was coming back and forth quite a lot with hospital appointments I was I don't know I think everything happened so quickly and in a way going back to school I was in my final year of exams that was a bit of normality that was nice to cling to and school particularly as it was a boarding school they have sort of pastoral care plans anyway so there was a selection of people who obviously there for your kind of well-being so kind of in every stage hospital home school I did have Um, I was very fortunate that I had I guess a supportive team yeah that's fantastic to hear in regards to I guess maybe friends family did you find that your relationships changed whether you distanced yourself or maybe you became closer you valued relationships in a different way I think I learned to really value my friends and family, particularly after the accident in sort of the way they came forward and expressed it, I guess, their friendship or our relationships through a number of ways in sending cards or gifts or even just kind of checking in every so often. I think um, very small gestures feel very important when you're going through something that's quite difficult. And I think also from this I perhaps maybe solidified my boundaries a bit more and while receiving treatment and particularly in the early days where everything was very intensive and sort of happening quite quickly I also learned to have sort of time for myself and space for myself and when I did want to socialize or felt that that was something that would be beneficial and I would enjoy that was great but also I think it's also okay to say that you need space and time and I think 
healing I guess physically was obviously is draining but I think it's also quite I like that I'd also kind of set up emotional barriers as well I think were quite constructive Mm, and it's interesting you talk about barriers because as young women you know we're still finding our place in the world and barriers and being able to say no to people often we're people pleasers you know we say yes to things so it's really interesting that you were able to learn that lifelong skill from a traumatic event but I'm sure it has been able to guide you even you know going into adulthood as well and it's a lesson that is so important but many of us won't learn until much later on in life. Mm, completely so in regards to your actual skincare regime what did that look like and what does that look like now a lot of moisturizing particularly in the beginning so in coming out of bandages I was prescribed certain like medicated creams that I would do and massage into my scars and I think it was really enforced into me that self-care was a step that I could take but was very important particularly in the early stages and I think I'd also had silicon gel patches and I used to wear this um, I don't know how quite I describe it it's a compression garment so you're sort of tucked in <laughs> zipped in but as it's been a number of years I sort of went through that regime and now I stretch and moisturize a few times a day just as directed by my physio but yes a lot of moisturizing and I think because skin grafts do get quite dry but I'm not having to care for it in the same way that I was initially coming out of bandages yeah lots of hydration yeah Isabella tell us about this photo shoot with Sophie which is I guess where we came across you the behind the scars project and some other people may have seen you in this project as well that's listening to this podcast how did you come to be involved I'd love to hear about how you and Sophie initially met so as with a lot of things these days, it was through social media. So Behind the Scars is Sophie's project that she has worked on for a number of years now. And I think she'd done a few editorials around the subject of scars and had just started her project when I came across her photography work and she had an open casting call for a studio day for people with visible skin differences and I think I had probably been out of bandages for a little while and I felt I think the timing of it was just right I'd seen this and thought it was an interesting photography project it was obviously I guess quite to do with me and it was quite a personal thing for me I didn't really expect much of I didn't really expect the images to go anywhere it was sort of quite I was out of bandages and I thought it would be sort of quite a maybe therapeutic moment I guess to be a little vulnerable but have images of myself with my scars and show you that I like because I think I don't think I had any images of myself before that with my scars on show fully other than maybe just the hospital record. So it was, yeah, I think a moment to have artistic value and yeah, time to guess, yeah, appreciate my body or perhaps think about it in a different way. So I went to that first initial shoot with Sophie, who was great. I think it was very minimal makeup. I think she had a hairstylist there, but other than that, it was very natural. It was shot with natural light as well. I think her dog was on set. Really lovely, relaxing atmosphere. And then from that, I think she'd popped the images on Instagram. And I guess I had my own little mini viral moment. And 
yeah, as I said, for myself, it was sort of the images were taken, I guess, because I'd wanted to do it and I wanted to have images of myself with my scars on show. So it was an interesting jump to go from that to then these images appearing in a number of online news publications and fashion magazines and that those images from that original shoot which is quite a few years back now even recently are used and one of them was the cover photo for an article in British Vogue last month as well and it's yeah it seems quite funny that I guess that all came from that initial shoot that you know in shooting it I didn't see forward you know I didn't know what was going to happen with it but I think I was personally loved the images that she sent over and you know posted them myself on Instagram and I think it's kind of interesting how you can control I guess what you put out there but it's quite interesting that these have kind of had a life of its own and that Sophie's project has really grown in the past few years which is great for her as well. Yeah how incredible what a beautiful story and I love that you said mini viral moment and then next (laughs) minute Milan Fashion Week, Vogue Italia, (laughs) Vogue Britain just like big time that just must have been so surreal for you to think oh this is just going to be on one lady's Instagram account and perhaps mine and then all of a sudden you're across the globe what did your mum think of this? She sounds like, she, as you mentioned, she was a rock in your life. It must have been quite exciting to just look at each other and think, what is happening here? Yeah, completely. I mean, she loved reading it all and that was great. And I think it's also quite interesting um, when things happen online, it almost feels quite distant. It's sort of maybe because you're not holding a physical copy of something or it's not, you know, an event. It is quite weird, I guess, to Google your name and then see something but yeah I guess surprising but also I'm like really grateful for it and yeah I think my mum showed her friends and I'm sure she was happy for me as well. Yeah that's fantastic and in regards to your career path like were you interested in photography or visual media before this photo shoot with Sophie or was this kind of a completely new world to you? I had been interested in modelling and I'd done some I mean very casual work before that and before my incident actually but from that initial shoot with Sophie I have had brands reach out and I have been a freelance model through my time at university so yeah I guess it was a little bit unexpected that I guess I almost fell into a job (laughs) and that jobs were sort of coming to me which I guess is sort of a reversal of the usual process when you're job hunting you kind of you know apply for something and then it happens so I guess it was a little unusual that it sort of yeah was coming to me and had come from a shoot that you know it wasn't sort of an intentional first step into modeling it was you know images for myself and I think that summer we shot together Sophie had a physical exhibition of her work in London and uh, she'd put me on the poster the promotional poster and I thought that was really fun and maybe as well I talked a little bit about how things had sort of been on the internet so having you know being able to go to the show and yeah I guess seeing the poster and seeing her work displayed was a lovely moment for me and I went with a few friends and then I guess yeah the physical guess modeling shoots after and what's come of it has been yeah an interesting addition to my time at university that I didn't really expect. Yeah how exciting what do you think the fashion industry could do more to inspire 
women. You mentioned that some brands came to you and sourced out you for marketing campaigns and things, but I'd just love to hear your experience and what you think you'd like to see more of in the fashion industry for maybe some of these brands that are, I wouldn't say ahead of their time, but maybe just thinking a bit more broadly about the types of, you know, people in the world, normal people, we're not all six foot blonde, like that kind of model image has certainly changed. Yeah, I think you're right in that this kind of idea of a model is really evolving. I mean, people are different heights and I guess the, sorry, it's not just height, you know, it's all, everyone, every person has such a like range and individuality. And I think the modeling industry is moving to reflect that. I think from my own experience, it's been a little interesting to view, I guess, my body as a tool of, I guess, expression. Because I, while I do have a visible difference, I think there's this balance between wanting to celebrate it and notice it and sort of be present in my body with my scars on show and celebrate that while I think there's also this dichotomy of really being confident and happy in my body but also just not wanting to be viewed as everyone else but to sort of you want someone to almost look at you and not even notice your scars it's just you're viewing I guess people you know it's not this is a person with scarring it's kind of like this is a person and their body's different and that's not you know good or bad it's just different so I think it's been quite interesting because I'm quite conscious of the fact that when a brand does hire me or even you know sends things through for Instagram promotion as well as modeling jobs it's I do think it's quite interesting that for them it's a conscious step to hire someone with a visible skin condition and it's interesting because some shoots will be very based around skin others will you know be in long sleeves and you won't even be able to see my scarring because it is limited to my torso or others it's sort of more about the clothing or whatever they are trying to market but I think it's interesting for me because you're sort of being hired on your merits of I guess a model you know how you look in front of the camera and being able to pose etc but also there's this addition of conscious they're consciously hiring me or hiring someone with a visible skin condition. And I think, you know, brands will have different motivations for that, but I think it's really encouraging. And it's also allowed me to connect with other people with burn injuries from all sorts of places across the world that I probably wouldn't have before, sort of in comments, or sometimes people will message me saying, oh, I saw you in this, and we have scars that match, and it'll be someone in, you know, Australia, America, wherever, and... And it's interesting, I guess, because we probably never would have physically crossed paths. But it's, I guess, nice to see yourself in someone else sometimes. And it's sort of interesting, I guess, to be part of this community that I guess none of us probably really had a say in joining. But this sort of, I guess, solidarity with other people who've gone through a similar situation, whether that be having skin conditions or through burns yeah and it's I guess funny how many people have scarring in almost the exact same places as me and (laughs) we're twinning yeah and that sense of I'm not alone you know even though you have all this incredible support there is something about someone that has been in a similar situation and walked a similar journey and I really love that you touched on that importance of you know you are not your scarring and being able to identify as yourself as a person and then separate yourself from your scars but also see yeah just that different perspective I think is really important to look at and look for for 
for yourself or well for someone as with a visible skin difference, but also with brands, just to be really mindful if you are doing campaigns and things with someone with a visible skin difference, that it's not a token that, you know, that it has meaning and, and it's important that you're seeing that person behind the scar as well. Yeah. Now from a perspective of body positivity, and you mentioned how self-care is really important to you and your providers explained this to you early on in your journey as well. What exactly does that body positivity mean to you? Is that not identifying or identifying with your scar is not your personality or yeah, I'd just like to hear a little bit more about your view on body positivity because it has blown up on social media the last year mm-hmm. or two and it is, I guess, a trending thing. Yes, it's extremely important, but I'd like to hear your perspective. Sure. I feel like body positivity, while it's, as you sort of mentioned, not a trend, but I guess a movement, but it's still, I think sometimes it can be quite hard to sort of connect your own personal experiences with representing, I don't know, a wealth of positivity or conversations around other people's body and how they engage with themselves and place themselves out into the world. And I think it's, yeah, I guess because it is sort of your own body and your own experience and it become so personal I think for myself once I sort of opened that door of you know posting images of myself online with my scars on show you know I then was sort of conscious of what I was posting after and sort of sometimes wearing a long sleeve can feel like a oh is that a betrayal to myself am I not presenting myself am I not celebrating my scars but you know actually it might just be cold or you're wearing a jacket or something and I think well as with a lot of social media I think a lot of it can be quite performative and you kind of have to wonder if you're you know are you really comfortable in your body and the way you feel and and that being a very positive aspect for your life and beneficial for you or do you feel that in posting these images you'll sort of get validation from other people for being comfortable in your own skin and your own body and I think yeah it's a sort of quite odd balance but I think it is really great that people are more conscious I guess of others visible differences and I also think there's sort of certain levels of respect that need to be taken in conversations around body positivity and I think commenting on someone else's appearance it's sort of this balance of you wouldn't naturally do that I think in a public setting or you know you might say someone looks great but you wouldn't sort of pick out a certain feature of them you know in conversation or meeting someone new you wouldn't pick out a certain feature of someone and say oh that's so great you're celebrating this you know other people don't and I think that sort of becomes quite backhanded I think you know if someone opens up a conversation around their body and how they feel in themselves that's great to engage and said those sort of people are engaging much more online or with branding and hiring but I think it does still stay very personal and for me I think when I realized I was feeling much more comfortable in myself and obviously it is a bit of a journey was when I was more concerned with I don't know a spot on my forehead than the way my scars looked and weirdly it seemed so I guess normal and teenage to be worried about spots you know and that weirdly gave me a sense of normality you know it's a world of difference from worrying about your scars and pain and I guess the way things look and you know everyone gets spots and it's normal and yeah I think 
with body positivity as well I think it can also be quite easy for myself to I guess limit my own experience to the way my scars look rather than perhaps my whole body or how I feel about my entire self because it is I mean it's such was such a huge event and it is you know the most visible I guess trauma that you can see on my body but you know I think everyone has their own feelings about their height weight shape and whatever that does remain very personal and I think yeah body positivity feeling confident in yourself is so important but I think there is also this yeah sort of odd balance between I guess minding your own business and respecting people's relationship with their own body and sort of yeah how that reflects upon yourself or a wider community that's a really interesting perspective and like hey I'm just posting a photo because I like this dress that I'm wearing and I feel cute I don't need someone to comment on you know, whether it be a scar or or a birthmark or whatever it is that I also happen to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really interesting perspective. Thank you for sharing that. Isabella, from a care support kind of perspective, do you think there is any advice you could give to either treatment providers that could either improve quality of care in the early stages and recovery of burn injuries? And not to say that your team was absolutely extraordinary, but, you know, from a practitioner perspective, they're often in the motion and they haven't necessarily gone that journey themselves. What would you like perhaps see for burn injury patients or people in the future? I think I hugely benefited from, I sort of touched upon the kind of all-round care that I received. And I think because there was this kind of communal, you know, looking after or like communal care from everything from the surgical team to aftercare, physio, the psychologist, I was very able to identify, I guess, issues early on and make sure that everything was looked at. And I think I would be a big advocate for kind of recognizing that I can only speak for burn injuries but recognizing that burn injuries are quite multifaceted and it's not you know an initial surgery and then done so I think yeah care providers do need to be aware that there are so many you know different aspects to your care plan and you know beyond life-saving measures you're learning to live with you know lifelong injuries and you know, everything from emotional to physical care does need to be supported. I think I'm also very fortunate in the UK to have the NHS and a really, you know, well-rounded team. So I'm very grateful in that respect and do understand that, you know, in different communities, different parts of the world, even probably in different parts of England, you know, the level of care and the type of care you receive is probably quite different. And I think also hospitals can feel quite desensitized you know they're very sterile environments it's very busy teams but I always felt that a a personal touch did make such a difference and is sort of quite reassuring I think particularly as uh, you know it can be very overwhelming going through any sort of type of trauma and having to make decisions and informed consent in your care plans that you know for example with my plastic surgeon he's got the same name as a jazz singer and he always makes a joke when he introduces himself he's like oh not the jazz singer and it just lightens the mood I mean I know he's in full scrubs and it's in a hospital setting but it just I don't know it makes you feel balanced and over the number of years I mean I'm sure he's just written at the top of my notes but he will always ask about my studies or what job I'm having and when some of the modeling did kick off I occasionally sent over a few articles to him and he had a few med students 
on his rotation and I do remember going into one checkup and him introducing me as a famous model and, oh she's been in this and this and I just thought it was I don't know it, you know it's outside of my care plan but it was a really sweet I guess nice thing for him to have done and uh, I think yeah care providers having that personal touch it just I don't know it makes a world of difference or at least for myself in feeling comfortable um, yeah that's so lovely like those soft skills you know those skills that mm. really can't be taught and as you mentioned aside from those life-saving abilities and all that incredible knowledge that they have it can be those little things that just a, that personal touch that can make all the difference Isabella I'd like if you can share some advice maybe three pieces of advice for someone that might be struggling with either self-image or maybe they're living with a burn injury. It might be quite new and they're, and they're still starting to try and identify themselves. I think I can only speak from my own experience. And I guess I don't really want to preach, but pieces of advice. I would say I've always had a little bit of an, not issue with control, but I like to feel in control of situations. And for me, going through this accident was probably you know one of the situations where I have been out of control of it in terms of the accident the aftercare you know I'm not the most knowledgeable person on what's happened to me I have to refer to other people and I think letting go of needing to know every single aspect and that level of control is very important to me so I guess letting go of control and listening to I guess those who are there to support you was is an important piece of advice I'd also say to be patient and that just because one day you feel great and you know you can be in the world with your scars on show and you feel comfortable in yourself to take you know certain steps dress the way you would like to that just because that day feels that way that it's also okay to have boundaries and some days you might not feel that way too and I think that's completely okay so taking the time to sort of notice I guess how you are how you feel in your body is very important and I'd also say that if things get better which it's sometimes quite hard to be I guess forward thinking but I mean I've been through so many experiences from the accident you know as a result of it that I would never have imagined and it's sort of even just in this conversation thinking back to five years ago you know it feels almost alien to me I can't you know I, I move now I swim I cycle I you know, I'm in a really great place physically and it's so odd to think back to a time where, you know, that wasn't. So I guess, yeah, for me, you know, things have got better and I guess taking the time to realise that things, maybe if they don't even get better, but they will change, I think is an important reflection. What wonderful advice. Thank you, Isabella. I'd love to hear what's next for you. So I have about four months left of my university degree. I'm currently studying history of art and I'm modelling alongside it and I work in a bar and I do some social media work for some companies. So I'm, yeah, I guess a little bit, I guess a few different pots going on at the moment. But after I graduate with my history of art degree, I would love to be an art dealer. So that's the way forward. Wow. What a career. How incredible and exciting and kind of old worldly as well. Yeah, yeah I suppose. Well, yeah. I like history of art. It's so it's like multidisciplined and yeah, I suppose it's a really great balance. I find that, you know, I do enjoy art and, you know, it's a bit cliche to say, but passionate about it. But it's been great to approach it in a critical theoretical way through my degree, but also, yeah, I guess get to be around beautiful artwork and enjoy it. And yeah 
about art dealing I guess is the way forward (laughs) yeah how interesting fabulous well I absolutely wish you all the best on for your last few months of university the end is near where can (laughs) people find more about you Isabella so I post many on Instagram and it's at Fernandez which is f-a-u-x-n-a-n-d-e-s and otherwise I'm (laughs) quite private but yeah I guess my Instagram is sort of the place to go (laughs) yeah it touches on body positivity but it is mainly I guess my own life (laughs) wonderful well thank you so much for sharing your story it was just absolutely brilliant to chat with you great thank you so much for your time today What an incredible conversation. I absolutely loved speaking with Isabella and hearing her story of both the trials and tribulations that she went through, but this journey of self-discovery and self-love and just how this experience literally catapulted her into modelling and being in global campaigns and all over magazine covers, just uh, how incredible life is and the journey that it can take us. Uh, Sophie Mayen's Behind the Scars photography campaign is really beautiful. If you haven't had a look, I'd highly recommend that you look it up. And if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, I would really appreciate if you'd share it with a a friend, a colleague, a loved one, uh, and even more so, leave us a five-star review. Thank you so much for sharing your earbuds with us for another week of the Heal Thy Skin podcast. Until next week, be skin powered.